Yes, like if, uh, if you're not touched in that moment, you're going to speak to me afterwards, eh? I've got a full uh, cauldron of oil that I want to throw over you, amen? Okay, so, um, yeah, God is just good, man. Uh, so uh, so I, I hear of this testimony. Uh, sorry, firstly, my name is Marines. I'm the leader of this church. If this is your first time, welcome so much. Thank you for worshiping God with us. I love it when God speaks through tongues and then he gives the, the, the revelation of that tongue. Amen. Isn't that great? God wants to bring healing. He wants to stir us up. And so it might be weird, but it is godly. Amen. Sometimes people think it's weird to just live a holy life. Amen. But that's also what God asks of us. Amen. Yes. And so I've heard this testimony while going through this whole revival series of ours. I listened to a testimony of a couple of pastors in their church that are crying out for the fire of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, the revival must come. And they're praying into it. And what happens is the fire of the Lord, the Holy Spirit comes in like a flood. It fires everyone. Everyone lays on the floor, repenting of their sins towards one another. Some of the deepest and filthiest things that the guy testifies about in front of each other. Holiness cannot be established if God doesn't bring his fire. And you know why I think we're not ready for revival yet? We're not ready to repent as much as we need to. And we're going to read and trust God in it. Pray with me. Close your eyes. Father God, I pray that the word of God will come today and will set us free for the Lord. I pray that it will establish the, the boundaries, but also the foundation of how we build. It's upon your word, Lord. We do what you say. Father God, I pray that John 15, 14 won't just be a verse, but when you say that if we lay, if we were really your disciples, we'll lay down our lives for one another. Just like Christ did for us. I pray this morning over this revival series, but also this morning's theme in power. I pray that you'll bless us, Lord. I pray that you'll equip us, Father God, but then I pray that you will send us out. Holy Spirit, fill us up and pour us out. Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name, amen. So I grew up um, sort of with my one foot in the Dutch Reformed Church and my other foot in the AFM, the AGS church of those days, and uh, I had this experience on both sides, the one really deep connection in the Word of God and stories of the Bible, the other one, the Holy Spirit, and the release of the power of God, but I brought a clip with that Leon's going to play for us. Uh, I don't know who grew up with Carmen, the singer. Have you ever? Oh, come on, that's old school. That's my, I'm giving away my age right now, um, but, but there was this uh, one song where he um, sings about the third day when Jesus rises up and then he sings, On Friday night, they crucified the Lord on Calvary. And there's this whole uh, Baptist church vibe and there's a, a choir in the, in, the, in the background singing. It was just lovely. I loved those singing. But what was incredible about this, uh, this singer and the songwriter, he used scriptural. It was so scriptural that when we sang it, it was uplifting. I could sing it in, 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 in my school days uh, on the school grounds without anyone hearing. I didn't want someone to know that I'm a Christian. But uh, other than that, I was singing it out loud. But then uh, there was this revival song where, we, where we, the, the scene played off between the devil and one of his workers. Uh, do you remember that? 
Uh, I'm not going to show it. We might have kids here or first-time visitors, and then we never see them again. So I'm going to play you the revival song afterwards of Carmen, but um, don't look down on me. I love this song. So Rian, take us away. Yes, please, come on. Okay, so this was, this was my foundation at 10, 11, and 12. I listened to this. I had a tape, you know, a TDK tape, the one that you can put the pencil in and then you wind it back up. And, and if someone breaks the, the seal, you, you can't record over it again. Uh, that tape's lost. It's expensive after that. But ultimately, revival is not just a song, is it? It's not something that we hype people up with. No, it's something that the Holy Spirit ignites and Jesus comes and He pushes His evangelism hard in our lives. And also God the Father is behind it. He is the one that brings revival to us. But here's the key. Oh, He's calling us to prayer. So I just had the whole church at my fingertips, Johan. And when I said prayer, half of them like, oh no, not another prayer sermon. Not, okay, all right. So there was this, this was Pastor Owen McManus, uh, in his book, An Unstoppable Force, asks this question. He says, have we ever looked at human lives and felt our hearts break, not because of the sins committed, but because of the potential left unattained. Sometimes there's things in us that God has awakened and we just lie back sleeping again. It's almost like the alarm goes off at quarter past four in the morning and Marinus has to wake up. And then you know what I do with that alarm? I snooze it. I, I hit that button. I go back to sleep. Sometimes God is waking up. He's placed things in us 
and it's unattainable. It hasn't played out the way that, he, that, that, that it was supposed to. But God is waking up our church. He's waking up our church for, for, for revival. And so um, I'm going to take you through our revival series, Repentance and Restoration. I just want to tell you, this is the theme of my heart, for the power of God and the Holy Spirit to be released. We have to repent, and there has to be res re re restoration. Apologize for that. So revival comes when repentance comes, and the restoration comes, and then God builds us up. He makes us, he makes us, he equips us in such a way that he, that he ignites us. It, it's almost like there's a tank of petrol and then he brings one small flame. So Leonard Ravenhill died at the age of 81. This was a man, an English Christian evangelist, uh, an author uh, was focused on subjects of prayer and revival. I'm reading one, through one of his um, uh, writings uh, right now. Um, and he was, he was actually such a great evangelist that, that they, he sold in those days um, millions of copies of what he wrote about revival. But he started with prayer. And he said this. He says, I'll tell you a secret of getting revival into the church. Find half a dozen of people that know how to groan in prayer. Do you know what groaning is? Oh, it comes from here. It's something that you're hungry for, that God has that he whispered things in your ear in the spirit. And it's not just an asking. It's not a list of things that we want God to do for us. That genie moment that we spoke about last year. Ultimately, the groaning of people praying for revival is, is, is their hearts and their bodies are acting up and breaking for how many lost people are going to hell. And then because of that, it overflows into revival. God brings it because of, of people who are hungry to see the move of God in our city, in our country, in our, in, in, in our world. Amen? And so today, I want, to want you to read with me um, just a piece of, 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 of what he has written. And I, I, I wanted to share it with you. But before we get there, Matthew 6.33 says this. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the things will be added unto you. It's a famous scripture that we use over and over for things. But I tell you now, some of you are sitting here, and you are so tired of this year. You're not even looking forward to next year. And do you know why? Because we've placed our eyes on the wrong things of life. We've placed our eyes on the protective things of life instead of the protector. We're looking at people paying our salaries instead of the, the, the one that provides for us. We're looking to fathers on earth, but actually there's a father in heaven. Knowing what is good to give to his children, amen? Far better than the world can give. And so, I want you to read this with me. I typed it out. Actually, I copied it, pasted it. It is Los Angeles, California, 1976. Uh, I was only born in 1979. I'm just getting context. Um, I was 20 years old and gripping my college diploma like a sword, ready to face the world with a BA in English literature. I still had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. One day, I was surprised to find a letter in my mailbox from my best friend that I met in college. The letter said, I became a Christian. And I joined a Christian ministry. 
She had partied a lot in college, so I knew she was serious when she talked about making Jesus the boss of her life. When she told me it's God's will for you to join the community too, I thought she was in a cult. After all, this was California, a land known for cult leaders and, and compliant followers. Um, as soon as I visited her in Woodlands Hills, California, I met the Christian musician named Keith Green. Do you know Keith Green? Oh, what a worshiper. What a prophetic man of God. And so, who ran the ministry with his wife, Melody. I could see this was a, the real deal. One afternoon, while I was standing in a worship meeting, uh, there the peace of Jesus encircled my seeking soul and enclosed me in a canopy of light. Everything was quiet and hushed on the inside. Oh, this was who I had been looking for. Not Buddha, not Hindu gods, but Jesus. And he exclamates, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus' presence makes uh, uh, all the difference. As my girlfriend had predicted, it was God's will for me to join last day's ministries. Everything was new to me. A glistening thread had pierced my gray existence, and now I was on an upward journey uh, out of the valley of the shadow of death. Still, I wasn't raised in a Christian home, uh, not for the first 15 years of my life. So there was a lot of sudden changes in learning, but his peace lingered and remained over my tired heart sweeping away some deep inner storms left, that, that left me for good. Uh, in the late 70s and 80s, the emphasis in Christianity was all about discipleship. Listen to this. The early 70s and 80s, the focus was what? Discipleship. So each day at our Christian community ended the Keith Green leading us uh, in a Bible study and heartfelt worship that shook the roof. The goal in the season was character development, repentance, and being so clean in your attitudes and actions that you shine before the sun rose in the morning. Literally meaning they did that right through the night. It wasn't a lot about God's manifest presence. Listen to this. It wasn't much about God's manifest presence. It was more about the power of personal choices combined with a surge of supernatural that kept you in your lane on the straight and narrow path. See, we can have serious, incredible encounters with the Holy Spirit and God. But then people walk away untouched by the decisions that just stays the same. True repentance is changed behavior. Not the fruit of it, but what's underneath the ground. Almost in the, in the base of who we are, if that changes, the fruit will show. Amen? And so in Romans 8, 26, 27, uh, it says this, uh, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. Now, in that groaning that we, I just spoke about, um, I want you to see something. Um, in that groaning where we are so hungry for the things of God and less about the things that we want of God, then when that happens, something happens where the Spirit steps in. Listen to this, Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. Who here sometimes are weak? I'm definitely sometimes weak. For we do not know what we should pray. Who of you sometimes don't know what to pray? Definitely. Um, we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself make, makes what? Intercession for us with what? 
with groanings which cannot be uttered. So he's saying with words that we cannot even express, the Holy Spirit is unctioning in his prayer time for us on behalf of us. The things that, that are supposed to be groaning out of us, it's already groaning out of the Spirit. Do you want to see the power of God in your life? Pray until you groan for something. Not grow, groan. There's this moment when two, two rocks, two rugby rocks hit each other. Touch, pause, engage. And they hit each other. You know what comes out of that scrum? It's a groaning. Why? Because it hurts. It's heavy. You need to use your strength just to keep upright. I'm talking about that kind of prayer. I'm speaking things over you this morning that prophetically, if we don't do it right now, we won't see it coming. If some of us do not take up the banner of prayer, we will be left here at the same space. I always say it's like that when you visit one of those, those holiday places where the, the, the babies and the kids, um, they relieve themselves there in the, in the small water. And you know when you get into it, it's nice and warm. And then you look around and you go, I'm wondering why. God is not interested in shallow waters with you and me. Oh, the youth enjoyed that one. Thank you so much. I got their attention. That's great. Still have it, hey, Mo? There's something that God wants to take us deeper into, and it's going to take some doing. Who of you swam in the ocean, like deep in the ocean, without any buoy or nothing? You've swam there, and you get to know how big the ocean is. I'm not even worried at that stage what's underneath me. I'm just worried if I'm going to make it back to the shore. And there's groanings there when you swim back. And you repent about things of your life because you know if you die here, you're going to heaven. And you need to be sorted out with Jesus. Amen? And so, he says, now, who searches, now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Because he makes intercessions for the saints, intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Do you know we will stop, we will have great moments of, of movement. And I see big um, um, waves of spirit coming through our midst and our church, our movement in the centurion, through every other church that God has it for. If we take up the mantle of prayer, I tell you now, the, the, the movement will come. Revival will come. But it's not a list of things that we need from mainland for this month. It's not the things of this world that we put on a list. And, so we can't do that. But for revival, it's not about those things. Um, so God shows me a picture while I was praying um, uh, of a dustbin. You know, if you... So one day at school, uh, there was a dustbin uh, and there were papers in it and, and tissues. It was the math class, so a lot of kids cried there. And so... Uh, there were like a lot of um, tissues in there, uh, but also um, someone uh, ignited, someone brought a lighter to school, which is obviously not uh, cool, and they lighted up a piece of paper, and someone said, man, just give that to me, and they threw it into that bucket. And it went like this. And then we have half, half a day off and four weeks of detention. But ultimately... If there are flammable things inside of your heart, which is not supposed to be there, when the Spirit of God comes, it'll burn up. 
It'll only hurt if there are things, unrepented things there. If there's really deep sin there. It's going to go up in flames. It'll hurt for a while, but you'll be okay. And so when the Holy Spirit groans for me and you, it comes to the point where it's almost the last breath of it. Some of you here are at your last. I know. Some of you have the same testimony like Carol did. They were at their end. They couldn't go on anymore. Some of you are here right now in that same state, in that same position you find yourself. And so one of the slides that I prepared says how to repent sins of omission and commission. And to be honest, when I read this in the journal of, of that evangelist, I had to go and look it up um, as well. So you can do that as well. But ultimately, there are two basic ways we sin. Either by omission, uh, sins of omission are those in which we know we should have done something good but refused. Can you see that? Omission. A sin of commission is a sin we take action to commit, whether in thought, word, or deed. A sin of commission can be intentional or unintentional. Can you see the difference? But our repentance for revival starts with repentance for our sin. And do you know what we do as Christians? Do you know what we do in every nation? Do you know what your pastor does? Oh, he thinks he's over that. He doesn't need repentance anymore. He doesn't need to go there with God. He, he's, he got saved. He's, he's good. He's almost perfect, everyone tells him. He sings like an angel and preaches like an evangelist. Send him out, Lord. He's perfect. Do you know there's nothing uh, as bad as someone who, are, who is in Christ that think they've made it? Do you know who made it? Jesus did. He gave his life. He died. Do you know who made it? The disciples that lost their lives preaching the gospel, they made it. Enoch that was pulled up into heaven, I think he made it. I think that's the only way last time we'll see a perfect person on earth. God will take you away if you're perfect. You will not be here. So while you're sitting here, God still has some work to do in you. Amen? How to repent, sins of omission and commission. We need to understand that there is a sin called omission that when God calls us into something and we rebel against it or just ignore it, it's a sin. When we pray for revival, we go onto our knees. We say, Lord, I'm sorry for not reacting, not being obedient, not being in a place to listen to you. I'm sorry for that, Lord. I repent and then you fall. Listen, you don't get up and go, Woo, forgiven. Thank you, Lord. Now you stay there. You stay on your face on that ground and you pray until God gives the breakthrough. Amen? And you know how he does it? Through the night. He does it through the night. Do you know why? Because then your repentance counts for something. I'm not putting works on you. I'm trying to emphasize the weight of this. The groaning of our prayers have not started in this church. God is going to wake us up. He's waking us up right now. I don't know why, but there's this song in my head that goes, wake me up before you go, go. <laughs> yes, that is weird. 
I know. You would not want to be left sleeping when Jesus comes again. We do not want to be behind on our work that God has expected of us, that He gave it us, but the sin of omission is part of our lives. We've not reacted to that. No, thank you. Not for me. Saved. Just going to sit here. Do nothing. Not going to react to that. Going to be disobedient on purpose. Do you know what happens with my boys when they're disobedient in my, in my house? No, nothing, because they gave their hearts to the Lord. They're perfect. <laughs> 2 Chronicles 7:14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Do you want a, a land healed? Do you want revival in, our, in this land? Oh, there's a few things that God is expecting of me and you. Not the lost. Me and you. The workers in the field, the ones that he's chosen, the ones that he's speaking to right now. I'm not speaking to the crowd. I'm speaking to the saints. I'm not speaking to a church. I'm speaking to God's children. You are not mine. You are his. And then we get into worship moments. We get into worship moments and we choose which ones we want to get involved with. Do you know you worship the same king, whether the worship is good or bad? What will be the testimony of Jesus when he sees you worshiping really well, when the music's going well, but you worship, you don't, you choose to give everything when the worship's out. I'm not going to give my all here. It's not worth it. No, you're worshiping a king. Doesn't matter what's going on on the sides. You are worshiping Jesus the king. And we forget that. We, it is time for us to wake up in the knowledge of who Jesus is. Who God the Father is. Do you know what the interesting thing is? God tells me he is not a grandfather for us. Do you know what the work of a grandfather is? Who here is a grandfather? Anyone? Niemand. Do you know what the work of a grandfather is, Lapis? Huh? Opa. Love, cookies, sweets before dinner. There's just, there's grace all that abounds everything there. No, no, no. But a father brings correction. He chastises. He brings order. He gives the rules of the game. And you know what? A father keeps us accountable. Accountability. Otherwise, he's not a good father, is he? A father that allows anything that he can do just because they're saved. That's a disobedient father, but he is definitely not that. There is no darkness found in him. He's not, uh, he has no sin in him. When he comes into a room, the, the darkness flees. And so this morning, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and do what? And pray. Seek my face. Do you know how, I see, how do you seek someone's face that you cannot see? How is that even possible, Marinus? Something that happens in your spirit, there's a breakthrough and you know the Lord is here. There's an honoring, there's a, a fresh anointing of fearing the Lord, knowing that you, are, you can be squashed in one moment to a pulp or raised up by the, by the, by the Creator Himself.
So firstly, we repent of our sins. When revival's on our doorstep, declaring God's goodness through Scripture, oh my word, I can tell you now, there is nothing like singing hymns of old and songs that carry so much spiritual weight because the, the word that it has been written in is true and it frees us. Think of one song that you grew up with that has a biblical foundation of the scripture of the Lord. Anyone? Tell it to me now. Anyone? What does it say? So we sing scripture, yes. As a deer. Oh, that's a beautiful one. I just cry with that, eh? Yes. Amazing grace. Is amazing grace amazing? No, God is. But the song was also so. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Amen. Because he lives. Sorry, Liesl. Say again. First song for Jesus. That's sort of biblical, isn't it? Where was I now? <laughs> the singing of the songs. Okay, declaring God's goodness through Scripture. Do you know why we listen to worship music? Not because we're judging who's good and who's not. We're trying to find those, those songs that connects with the, our hearts because the Scripture that is in it is truer than the problems I'm facing right now. That's the reason why we sing. That's the reason why we worship. Sometimes we forget about what it is all about. I wish we had stages that just blacks out. There's no one there. So then it'll be like karaoke almost in the background. But I wish sometimes there's no worship leaders, no bands to be, have to lead this. Do you know why? Because the Levites led Israel, their bands, into war. Do you know what worship to God is when we sing? It's warfare. It breaks through. It breaks the shackles. It opens the gates. The floodgates come. And God can come in like a flood. It, it, it takes every um, piece of, 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 of self, um, I almost want to say the masks that we put ourselves or the, 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 the way that I want people to view me. Is, I'm so full of myself and so full of the world. But then when I worship, un, 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 almost like undignified, I come to a place where it's all about Jesus and I don't care who sees me worshiping in the way that I do. But prayer, oh, prayer needs to be a groaning of things to come. You need to be in the word of God to understand the groaning that, that should come out of your prayer. There should be sp time spent, bought out, said no for worldly things and yes for godly things so that God can create that moan in you, that groan. No, let's not moan. But it's this, almost the sound of it. It's almost like a mountain spewing fire grumbles in us. When last did you pray in that manner? I'm not accusing, I'm asking. Because I'm going to invite you to it now. We are going to go into a prayer season until 2023 from now on. I want you to see God's face and it's got nothing to do with you. I'm going to invite you to a prayer a movement in our movement that's not focused on things. 
Yes, God, we can pray for that other times. I'm, I'm talking about that intercession prayer where we see God's face and we want revival in our city. I see a couple in the week, not from our church. Let me finish this first. Declaring God's goodness through scripture. Number three, living a life of faithfulness and holiness. Do you know what this is? Some of us have, I have no clue. I'm almost finished. Um, so hang on. Um, living a life of faithfulness and holiness. Being faithful unto a faithful God is sometimes difficult. But you know what it is like? It's like someone trying to get to know, know how to ride a bike and then falling off but getting back on straight afterwards and going on, trying it again. Falling off, trying it again. So yes, we are filled with sin sometimes that we don't know that what we did was wrong. But then there is sin that we plan and the plan is executed and, and that fruit bears death at the end of the day. And then there's a sin where you don't respond to God's faithfulness by you being faithful to Him. That's much bigger. Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Do you know what they were doing? Um, do you know what they were doing in the upper room before Jesus filled the, the room with that 120 with the Holy Spirit? Do you know what they were doing? They were praying with groans towards God because they thought they lost their king. Some of them were still traumatized by that. Got a few good ideas for you. Don't let the good become the enemy of the best. Don't think we have arrived in your relationship with Jesus and that's it. Strive for more with him. Have breakthroughs with him. God is a father and not a grandfather. He's going to keep us accountable. And thirdly, this is a dress rehearsal. This life is a dress rehearsal for the, for the life after this one. You have an opportunity. Do it right. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect. I'm saying you can be holy. I'm saying you can not sin. I'm saying it. Jesus says, when he's feeding the 5,000, he's, oh, sorry, it's his um, Sermon on the Mount. He says that I am inviting you to be perfect in holiness. Your ears have nothing to do with that. Your my big nose has nothing to do with that. It's nothing on the physical or the outside. It is our striving to be holy because we're in a relationship where when we pray, it's not all about us. We pray for the coming of the king. We pray for revival. Does that make sense? I want the band to come up again. Are they here? Is they still here? Okay, good. I'm wanting to end off with that chorus of Holy Spirit. I want to, I want to sing it with you this morning. Um, God is not pouring into us without the expectation that He's going to pour 
us out into the world. Amen? We cannot be sitting in that sin of omission and going, ah, someone else's job. It's not. It's yours. The responsibility squarely in your lap. I want to pray with you. Let's close our eyes. Father God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you, Lord, that we can be so thankful for who you are and what you've done for us on the cross. Lord, every piece of blessing that we can testify about 2022 and 21 and 20 and 2019. Father God, all of those testimonies are yours. It's yours, Lord. I pray, Father God, that you will come and pour out your fire in our church. I pray that we will have prayers of repentance that brings us to to tears. Screams for the nations. Heart-wrenching prayers that rips our souls apart. nothing back for you. Prayer is everything. For every waking moment that you spend on this earth, Lord, before anything happened, prayer went before you. You prayed to the Father. There was connection and relationship. There was a yearning. You woke your your disciples up so that they will pray with you. I pray that you will wake up our church to pray for you, to you, and with you. I pray that we won't find ourselves sleeping when you come back. I pray that we'll keep on repenting of our sin and things will fall off. I'm hearing the Lord say that in repentance, takes nothing away from your salvation. Repentance confirms that you need a Savior every day. We cannot go a day without Jesus, church. And Lord, we submit ourselves under you, saying, Lord, we will choose to repent daily to you the things that your Holy Spirit brings up so that we can be pure and holy vessels carrying your Spirit and your fire to the lost. Do you know in prayer that true connection with Jesus brings not only results, but solutions? Do you know time with God takes away you speaking about someone else behind their back. Do you know that spending time with Jesus in relationships doesn't make you fall into into temptation that often? Do you know that? That in prayer, if prayer is true, it revives our church, not looking inwards, but outwards. I want you to stand up. We're going to sing and I'm going to trust God to break things in our lives right now. Holy Spirit, fill us.
us up and pour us out. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, fall afresh and send us out. Holy Spirit, come. Come on, let's worship Him. Go on. Holy Spirit, fill us up and pour us out. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, fall afresh and send us out. Holy Spirit, come. Spirit, come. Send us now. Spirit come, send us now. So here's what I want you to do. You say, Lord, I want to receive not only, Father God, the blessings that I ask you for. I want to receive a love for, for you again, a renewed spirit. And I will search and look for you in prayer, groaning for the things that breaks your heart. I want you to pray a prayer right now and saying, Lord, break my heart for the things that breaks yours. Fill me up with the, the things that you want to place into me, but let me taste it first, Lord. I want to love pray, being with you in prayer. I'd love, I would love to love praying to love others. Do that now. Just you and Jesus. Come on. Just you and Him. Holy Spirit, fill us up and pour us out. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, fall afresh and set us out. Holy Spirit, come. True worship, come on. Holy Spirit, fill us up and pour us out. Holy Spirit, come. This is a great opportunity to repent for sins. Come on, let's do it. Holy Spirit, say, Lord, that you know about this sin of mine. I don't, I don't want to operate in it no more, Father God. I pray for forgiveness. I, pray, I repent about this. I will not do it again, Lord. I want to run away from it. Here it is, Lord. There's sin in your life. Repent it now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. everyone to look at me quickly. Do you know why Adam and Eve hid themselves away from God? Do you know why they were steering away from relationship with Him, meeting up with Him? Do you know? They were ashamed. They're not feeling bad. No, it was killing them. Sin killed them. 
And because sin cannot stand before God, they didn't want to be in His presence anymore. Do you see what happens there? Do you see how important repentance is? Repentance doesn't make us more shameful. It releases us to be more faithful unto God. I speak out the faithfulness of God over you. I pray that you will keep on praying till it groans and hurts. I hope that you understand and took something of today that you can apply in your life practically. And I, I want to bless you with the goodness of God out of the heavens. Every good thing that He'll reign that over us. The righteous and the unrighteous. Pray that we go out, Father God, and we will testify about the goodness of God just through our lives. And people will see Jesus. Amen and amen. Have some coffee with us.